Welcome to C3 Wellington. We're a community on a mission to live, love and lead like Jesus. For more information about C3 Wellington and to find out about upcoming events and services, visit our website c3wellington.com. We're so glad you're joining us for this message. We pray it impacts you today. Welcome everybody to week six of Arrows and I have absolutely thoroughly enjoyed this message series. Have you got something out of Arrows? Anyone here got something out of Arrows? It's been a blessing. Uh, And on that note, I had an amazing time at our Mangaraki crew on Wednesday night. Come on, I want to encourage Vince and Linda here. They're running an amazing crew. There was 12 of us, I think, 12 of us. Mate, already week, second week or second crew and you, you already filled your lounge up. And so uh, that was incredible, and we had a great a bunch of dialogue around uh, this message series and what God's been stirring in each one of our hearts. I took a lot from it. I was absolutely blessed uh, by it. And if you're not in a crew, get in a crew. Do life with people. Jesus commands you, love one another deeply. It's a command. So commanding you now. <laughs> get into a crew. It'd be awesome. Week six of Arrows. And if you've never, uh, if this is your first time with us in the Arrows series, let me uh, catch you up. This is the synopsis, the overview of the Arrow series. It's, uh, we want to encourage one another to hit the target. That's it. We want to be that arrow that goes whack and hits the target. The target that God has set for your life. That God has got a bullseye for you to hit. God has got a target for you to hit. God's got a purpose for you. He's got a purpose that is both relationship and role. He's got a, he wants to deeply connect to your heart. He wants to come close. He wants to live in, in a living, breathing, connected, close, overwhelming, life-giving relationship with you. That it wouldn't matter what you did, to be honest. It wouldn't matter what your hands and feet did. That would be enough. That who you are and living life in that place of connection with Jesus would be enough. Therefore, The role that He has for you, the purpose that He's got for you, because He's got a purpose, people. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. We'll come out of the overflow, out of the response, not out of trying to earn anything, but just out of the response, out of the overflow of Jesus. It's almost like He's driving in the car and you're like, where are we going? This is exciting. Actually, I don't really care as long as I'm with you, man, but, but, but we're going somewhere. He ain't just gonna sit around the fire singing kumbaya. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. And that is what it means to hit the bullseye. The psalmist says in Psalm 25 verse 12, our key scripture, the psalmist asks the question, what are God worshippers like? What are those that lay their lives down for the Lord? What are those that live a spirit-empowered life? What do they look like? And God says this, He says, they are arrows aimed at God's bullseye. So as we wrap this series up this morning, our hope is that your trajectory of your life is aiming at the bullseye God has set for you. So week number six, are we ready? We're ready, church. Come on, I love our four front rowers over here. Where are my front rowers on this side? It's probably because I put my bottle and my stuff there. But I love it. Come on, get on the front row, people, in church. It's the best. Let it go. Can you say, let it go? Let it go. I know everyone's starting to sing. If you've got kids, you're starting to sing Frozen right now. I'm, I apologize. I thought, about, I thought about calling it something else, the perfect release, or I don't know, something, but let it go. And as we have been doing in the series, let us return to the complete guide to archery for a lesson on letting it go. He says, there's a lot about archery that is more complicated 
than it looks. So when there's a step that is as easy as it seems, that's a wonderful thing. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, it's a wonderful thing. And that describes the release. When you're ready to shoot, you simply release the tension in your bowstring fingers and let the arrow fly. That's it. Relax all three fingers at once and let the string jump forward by itself. You don't need to do anything but let go. The energy stored in the bow at full stretch will pull the string forward with great force. So there's nothing you need to do. Hmm. Nothing you need to go do. Just let it go, people. I mean, let's, amen, let's pray. You know, we're done. That's it. Hit your purpose. Just let it go. There's a line in here which I think is a critical line. When you are ready, simply release and let the arrow fly. When you are ready, simply release and let the arrow fly. When you are ready. That's the challenge, isn't it? Because we don't believe we're ready. When it comes to the purpose and the plans of God for your life, we often, we just don't think that we're ready. We've got things to work through. There's a future version of myself that's ready, but this version I know quite well, and its flaws, <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't ready. It's just gonna hold that blooming bow at full stretch and not let go because I'm not ready to let go. I'm not ready for my life, I'm not ready. When you're ready, but not now, not me. Come on, the facts of my life prove I'm not ready. You can't argue with the facts, people, can you? Well, this is the challenge, isn't it? Facts versus truth. So let me introduce you to my boy Gideon. You'll find the story of our boy Gideon in Judges chapter six and seven. He gets two chapters of the Bible about his life. And we're gonna learn so much from the life of Gideon. I'm gonna assume that you don't know because there might be people in the room that don't. So if you do, lean in anyway. I'm gonna read Judges 6 verse 11 to 16 to catch us up on the story of our boy Gideon. Before I do that, let me set the scene. So the people of Israel had wandered away from God. They had, in the words of God, hoard after other idols and other gods, been unfaithful to God. So God, in his love, let me say this again, God in his love sent the Midianites against his people to oppress them. Does that sound loving? Absolutely is loving. Because what is not loving is to leave them running away from God and let them run to their own destruction. Sometimes the pain, the anguish, the suffering that comes into your world, God allows because it's going to bring you back. That is loving wrath. That is loving. That is a father that is all love, all compassion, saying, I'm not letting you ruin your life. I'm not letting you run your life away from me. I will chase you down. They were living in the caves, it said. Living in the caves. Every time they planted, the Midianites would come and wipe out their crops, take their livestock, 
They had no food. They were in a desperate situation. And Gideon finds himself in this dire predicament with the Israelites. And we pick out the story here in Judges 6 verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth at Oprah, 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 come on, Oprah, (laughs) which belongs to Joash the Abezerite, wow, come on, tongue twisters, while his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, the Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor, O courageous one. <laughs> He's in the wine press, beating wheat, hiding, afraid, timid, fat. <laughs> and Gideon said, Please, my Lord, if, this is, if the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? I'm telling you, you might be walking through a situation right now and you can't make sense of it. And you're going, where are you in this God? This makes no sense. But I'm telling you, He is in it with you. All right, I'll calm down. It's all right. <laughs> and where are all the wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us? Isn't following Jesus just up into the right the whole way until we reach Shekinah glory? Isn't that the way it's supposed to work? I don't know who posted it. Someone posted it on Facebook. It might have been meaner, but following Jesus, it doesn't look like that. It looks like valleys and troughs and there's a boat. And you, you know, like you know, it just, it's not that way. But in every one of those things is a purpose and a plan to strengthen you, as Pastor Beck says, to stretch you so that you can hit the purpose and the target of your life. It's doing something, people. It's doing something. Nonetheless, where are all the wonderful deeds that our Father recounted to us, saying, did not the Lord bring us out from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us. No, He hasn't. And given us into the hand of Midian. Well, yeah, He has. And the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours. (laughs) Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the land of Midian. And the Lord turned to him and said, sorry, I've said that. Do not I send you? And he said to him, please, Lord, can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, but I will be with you and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. Isn't this crazy? This is nuts. When you are ready, simply release and let the arrow fly. Fact versus truth. Okay, fact. Gideon was hiding, timid and afraid, wasn't he? Truth, Gideon, you are a mighty man of valor. You are a son of, you're full of courage. Now that was not his fact, but that was definitely his truth. Who do you believe who you are? Who who do you believe you are? Is it what God says you are or what circumstances say you are? What your family says you are? What people may have said over your life? Whose voice is gonna be the loudest in your life? What is the truth? Fearfully and wonderful made child of God. Fact, he was the least in his family and from the weakest of the tribes, that's fact. Surely God calls the strongest, most good looking ones that wear tight jeans with rips in them. 
the plan of God? The ones with the most like outward expression and personality and that loud guy at the front, he's got the microphone because he's loud? Not, not me, I'm not that kind of person. I'm not wired that way. I'm the least of, the, the weakest of. Fat, he was the least. God's truth, he was God's chosen redeemer of Israel. That was the truth. The truth was God saying, out of everyone in this land, I choose you, Gideon, to lead my people to freedom. Fact, he felt alone and didn't believe he could make a difference. We find him alone in a wine press. I'm alone. But the truth was this, God was with him. And God makes all the difference. Fact. So as the story goes on, he assembles the army. You've got to read the whole thing, but I'm just giving you some highlights here. He assembles the army. He, he rallies the troops and he rallies 23,000 Israelite soldiers. We're going to fight for you. And then God says, hang on a second. Ask if any of them are timid in their hearts or afraid, they can turn around and go home. Oh, come on, come on, God. I mean, the Midianite army was like the sand of the seashores. Over 100,000. 100,000. I mean, having 23,000, it's something, but it, I mean, it's still, you're outnumbered one, five to one. Let those that are timid in heart go home. And when all the dust was settled, it's left with 10,000. And God goes, yeah, nah, I'm not done yet. Take them down to the river's edge. And those that lap the water like a dog can go home, but those that cup the water and bring it to their mouth, that's your army. That's a bold step of faith, eh? He was left with 300 men. 300 versus 100,000. How do you like them odds? The original 300. Anyone a fan of the movie 300? Leonidas. This is the original 300, man, like, the original, man, that's, one might be Greek mythology, but one is for real, and uh, when, an ar- when your army, this is fact, when your army is outnumbered 100,000 to 300, you're going to lose pretty much every time. Defeat is guaranteed, huh? But truth, when God is fighting for you, people, come on, when God is fighting for you, victory is guaranteed. Man, I thought I'd get a big, bigger amen from that. Come on, when God is fighting for you, are you fighting your own battles or is God fighting for you? When God is fighting for you, victory is guaranteed. Fact, Gideon past, Gideon's past was one of oppression, abandonment, and lack. What's in your past? Fact. That's the history. That's what he knew. That was his lineage. But let me tell you the truth. Gideon's future was one of redemption and freedom and prosperity. Come on, what does your future in God look like? God's truth trumps every fact every time. God's truth trumps facts every time. 
Okay, fact, I'm afraid and I'm scared. This might be your, your reality. But God's truth, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Fact, I'm too young. Truth, but the Lord said to Jeremiah, do not say I am not, I'm only but a youth, for, all I, for, to, for to all to whom I send you, you shall go, and whatever I command, you shall speak. God loves and delights to use people when they think they can't be used. I'm too old. Truth. They still bear fruit in old age and will stay fresh and green. Come on, my empty nesters. You're not too old. You're not too young. Don't let these facts stop you from letting it go. Fact. I don't have energy. I'm too tired. Hello? Come on, let's just encourage one another right now that you're not the only one feeling this. Fact, I don't have the energy and I'm tired. Come on, come on, come on, where, where are my people at? I don't have the energy and I'm, I'm, I'm feeling tired. Come on, let me give you God's truth. You leaning in this morning? Come on, He gives power to the faint and they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint, says the Lord. That is truth. That is truth. I don't have the energy, I'm too tired. No, come on. He gives power to the faint. He will renew your strength. I've got a a couple more for us this morning. I'm just trying to think, how can I help you this morning to let it go? I've blown it. Anyone out there, I've blown it. I've ruined it. Let me give you God's truth. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. He never takes it back. What He placed in you, He will accomplish. God has never, ever once said, oops. I shouldn't have given that to that person. What were we thinking, Jesus? When you are ready, simply release. Let it go. Don't let the facts of your life dictate the purpose of God on your life. Other people are called to do something significant for God, not me. Other people, God's truth, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works that we should walk in them. You are created with a purpose and a plan and intent, and it is always significant because it's always attached to the reality of, 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 of a life, of an everlasting life, a, a, a life lived with Jesus forever, the, the I'm, eternity, that's the word I'm looking, I'm stumbling to find the word eternity. Your purpose has eternal consequences. Therefore, it's significant. On the other side of your obedience is lives eternally impacted forever. Don't ever say it's not significant. Fact. That was my last one. Moving on. (laughs) Come on. Jesus excels in using flawed people to reach a flawed world. Jesus doesn't call the equipped. Come on, he. Come on, he equips the called. And I know this sounds cliche, people. But are we getting it in our heart this morning? Come on, it's time to let God's truth replace 
our facts. Amen? Simply release and let it go. Come on, it's time to simply release the thinking that has held us back. Come on, this morning, what do you need to release that is preventing letting the arrow fly? What's holding you back from the life that God has intended for you? I looked up the definition of release, as I often do, and I think there's so much that can be extrapolated and drawn from definitions to help us this morning. And there were two definitions of release that I thought would be helpful for you to understand. When you're ready, simply release. Definition number one, to set free from restraint, confinement, or servitude. To set free from restraint, from confinement, from servitude. And definition number two, to give up in favor of another. To give up in favor of another. Okay, release, meaning to set free. Come on, we need to, we need to remember this deep in our hearts. Jesus came to set us free. Jesus came to free you from the confinements of your present, from the restraints of your past. Come on, and He came to set you free from the servitude of sin. Romans says that you'll either be a slave to righteousness or a slave to sin. But something is going to master your life. If you don't believe me, just try not to sin. Give it a go. See if you can white knuckle your way through one day. Jesus came to set us free. That we might come and serve our Lord and Saviour and in that find freedom. The freedom that He paid so much of a, such a high price for us to, to walk in. You need to know this morning to hit the bullseye requires stepping in to the freedom that Jesus purchased for you and for me. Galatians 5.1 It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. 2 Corinthians 3.17 Now the Lord is Spirit and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And Jesus said in John 8.36 If the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. I have this picture of holding the bow and the arrow pulled right back and we go let the would let the string go but there was like nylon tied to the arrow and every time you let it go the arrow would just be pulled back and plopped on the ground but there's things holding us back from hitting the bullseye there are things holding us back from letting the arrow fly and I'm telling you this morning God is coming to set you free God is coming to chop the strings of that nylon God is coming to release the bow and release the arrow and to set you free for you to hit the mark your life. The other definition of release was to give up in favour of another. You see this with kids, don't you? They grab hold of something and they're like, mine! It's mine! 
But if you bring something they want more, they let go of their thing. They give up in favour of another. If they don't see that other thing, they just hold their toy like it's the most precious thing in the whole world, especially when another kid wants it. No! They're like Gollum. It's mine, my precious. They hold on to it. But then they see the thing like, <laughs> I want that. Come on, would you see with the eyes, your eyes, your spiritual eyes this morning, there's something far greater in front of you. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. What do you need to give up in favour of another? I want to encourage you this morning. So much of this battle is in our mind. The mind is a gateway to the heart. And God wants to connect that short distance. <laughs> Romans 12.2 says this. I've already said it earlier in the service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is the good and acceptable and perfect will. Come on, as you renew your mind, the bullseye gets clearer. The f- your eyes come into focus. It starts in your mind. Philippians 4 verse 8, Paul encourages the church of Philippi. He says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. You know that 70% of our thinking is negative. Do you know that only 20% of things that happen to you are negative? 80% of your life is positive. But 70% of our thoughts are negative. And if you don't believe me, stop being so negative. Gotcha. Well, we need to start this journey to purpose by renewing our mind, giving up one thing for another. And the reason I bring this to your attention is because I know that one of the greatest nylon strings holding your arrow back is anxiety and fear and timidity. And if Gideon was here, he would say, I know, I get it. I feel you. I was there too. But that was the fact and it wasn't my truth. It wasn't my truth. I was called to be the captain of the army of Israel and to redeem my people and to lead them into freedom. Not to be bound by anxiety and timidity and held back. So why am I reading you Philippians 4 verse 8? Because before that, it says this, the two verses before. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
the antidote to anxiety is replacing your facts with the truth of God. The antidote is prayer and thanksgiving as you realign your heart and your mind with God. You release the worry and the fear as you embrace God's truth that He is in control. You simply release. You simply release. Anxiety is replaced with peace. The storm is calmed. I am absolutely sure that is one of the number one things that takes people out of their purpose. I think it's rampant in our generation. God has not given us that spirit. Can you see anxiety as something outside of you? Can, can you give it some form and look at that thing and say, it's not me. This is something that's trying to come against me, but it's not me. And I speak to that thing. And I lean into Jesus. And I let it go. And I grab hold on to Jesus.